What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 165 are open. This week on the show, Michael Pachter has some very hot takes about the Nintendo Switch, and Bryce and I dive into our adventures in the Crown Tundra in Pokemon Sword and Shield. And to talk all about that is my beautiful BLT, Bryce DeWitt. Bryce, yes. how are you going? Good, mate. Good. Excellent. Yes. I think we're very busy people, but good otherwise. Oh, yes. There's nothing wrong with being a bit busy. I guess so. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I know how you feel. Um, but the other day, I've got to admit, um, a wonderful idea with someone who I work with, he uh, he got his esky out and he had two Zinger Burgers, speaking of the BLT, Bryce DeWitt, and... I'm like, man, that is a great idea, getting having some KFC at work. You know, we're about an hour away from the closest KFC, so it's quite a treat when you see some KFC out in the wild that far away. And and Ashley, <laughs> the other day, Chantel was like, do you want anything from the Mount while up there? I'm like, yeah, so get me a family box so then I can have two burgers and the next day I can have a, two burgers at work. And it was delicious. Well, there you go. Absolutely wonderful. Beautiful. Now, this goes into the question, Bryce. If you're at KFC, what do you go and order? What's your go-to order at KFC? Uh, Probably just a Zinger box. Zinger box, yeah. I don't think you can go wrong. No. Not really. Definitely not. See, there's been a lot of uh, thinking about KFC in the last few days for me. Been really enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> that family box like blew my mind. Not I'm, sponsored, by the way. Not no. If, imagine if you were sponsored by KFC. That'll be up. Yeah. KFC Gaming, get on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they've got a gaming division. But I was thinking, like, I don't hear a lot of Americans talk about KFC. Obviously, KFC comes from there. They're always talking about McDonald's or Taco Bell and these other places. I got no idea really what they are. In and Out Burger, apparently pretty good. Chantel's been to the states and she she can vouch for it. Mm-hmm. Um, In and Out Burger, but never hear about KFC. I don't think I've heard about it once. You know, I listen to you know kind of funny and a lot, many other American podcasts. So <coughs> don't know. Um, you've got American friends who you talk to with Final Fantasy and stuff. Do you, you um, hear them talk about KFC? Especially that, that's the thing is like I think. Popeyes has become more of a thing. Popeyes? I don't even know what Popeyes is. Yeah, Popeyes. You know, it's a chicken joint. No, I haven't heard of it. No. Yeah, apparently that's more of a thing mm. these days. Like, I, I hear about that more than I do KFC. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well. Um, it's, the- not, it's not a, you know, dirty sailor that eats spinach. It's a chicken joint. But, <laughs> yeah. Popeyes is just like bags <laughs> of spinach. <laughs> Mm. Well, that's a great tie back to Nintendo because Miyamoto loves Popeye. He does. He does. He loves Popeye. He does, yeah. Yeah. Something, something, something. I eat my spinach on Popeye the salad. <laughs> I can't remember. No. no. I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, yeah. It used to be one of those viewing things that I used to watch as a kid, like on Cartoon Network. And then, yeah. yeah. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That's, that's, all, that's, all, that's what you had Cartoon Network for. Yeah, it was Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That and Pokemon, I guess. Mm. We'll talk enough about that this week. I yeah, know. we've got a lot of Pokemon talk to talk about. <laughs> and I know a, uh, a fair few of our listeners, you know, they don't like Pokemon. They don't want to listen to Pokemon. We've got, we had Steven in the Discord. Uh, I think uh, I, I mentioned something about we missed some information about the Crown Tundra last week because we recorded early. So by the time it came around Tuesday, I'm like, I just remember we, we recorded on Sunday. Mm. He's like, oh, well, it's okay because I tune out once uh, Pokemon discussions comes up. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. 
Harsh. So I know a lot of people are out there, so we'll break it up. The second half of the episode will be all about the Crown Tundra because it is the big release on Nintendo Switch this week. And, you know, Pokemon's my favorite franchise, so. Well, yeah. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) That's the thing at the end of the day. Like, as, you know, as as we want to put it, it is the biggest talking point of discussion. And, like, that's the same thing with any major release when it comes to, like, a Nintendo IP is, hey, look. That's the thing that come out this week. That's majority of what we're gonna gonna be talking about. And this will probably be the first like the last well, the last time in a fair while you probably hear about Pokemon mm. until Snap or, you know, whatever they decide to do. So Yeah. Well we'll talk about it later in the episode, but I dare say we'll be seeing some stuff probably February next year to do with announcements and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like nothing full dive until like Snap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is coming up next. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're at the end of it. At yeah. the end of Sword and Shield. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. But yeah, like we said, we'll get into it later. So have you been playing much on Switch apart from Pokemon? <laughs> nah, no. Nah. Oh, good. Neither have I. We can move right past that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll make it nice and snappy. We'll get straight into the news, I reckon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, this one, this first story is going to be funny. I don't think you probably would have heard about it. So this Probably is, not. This is going to be... Uh, this is going to be great, getting your hot takes over Michael Pactor's hot takes. So let's get into it. Woo-hoo! Yeah! Is that all? Pokemon are my friends. They are like party. still Thanks, Ike. Hot take. <laughs> Very hot take. <laughs> so this is from uh, GamingBolt.com, and the title is Nintendo should get rid of Nintendo Switch and only have the Switch Lite. Oh, I, I did Michael see this. It. Yeah, so you saw this. I saw this. I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to read the quote just for anyone that hasn't um, caught up on this. So, Michael Pachter is an industry analyst um, who... You know, analyzes the video game industry, makes predictions for. You don't say. No, I'm just putting it out there. (laughs) No, you said analyst, analyst. Analyst, analyst. Analyst to describe an analyst. (laughs) Just keep going. Uh, So, yeah, he's a video game analyst who um, analyzes the video game industry, makes predictions. Like, oh, yeah. You see what I mean? I see see, see what you mean, man. Um, And a lot of the time, you know, he has a takes, but you know, people just like scratch their head. I'm like, hmm. And this is, I think this is one of them. This is very relevant Definitely to Nintendo. one of them, yeah. So just going halfway through the article here. So speaking with uh, Gaming Vault in a recent uh, interview, Patcher said that the Switch's hybrid concept isn't one that gets a lot of use. And the smart thing for Nintendo to do would be to drop the console side of things and run the Switch into a purely handheld device. So, quote, I don't really understand the whole hybrid concept, Patchett told Gaming Bolt. I think uh, that it was something Awada did to differentiate the Switch and he wanted to have a console that could go back and forth from console to portable. But I don't think most people play in both modes. I'd say that maybe 20% of Switch owners play both modes and I think most Switch owners play it handheld only. So, honestly, I don't understand the whole point of the hybrid, um, of, of the hybrid. Who cares? Players are handheld. And he goes on to say, and Nintendo isn't that smart, he continued. Uh, So you never know what they will do next. (laughs) But I think the smart thing would be to get rid of the Switch console and only have the Switch Lite. Get rid of the docking station. Get rid of the uh, playing on the TV. Maybe offer a Fire Stick style dongle for those who want to play it on the TV. Uh, But I just think a portable only Switch makes the most sense. 
It's the cheapest to make and they could make the screen nicer and have a better build quality. Um, so, and speaking about next gen or what, what Nintendo would have in store, Pat just said, I'm not sure what we'll see from them in the next generation. If there is an upgrade to processing power, that should at least put some flash memory in it so you can download some games and not have to screw around with cartridges. Uh, end quote. So, Bryce, is, Bryce here is cringing. I um, internally are cringing, but I had to read that, so I, mm-hmm. I can't cringe and read it. You've probably time. read it a couple of times and just been like, oh! I haven't, but I've just heard like, you know, a few like takes on it. Like, even if he, even if he is correct, let's let's assume he is correct and 80% of Switch owners don't, don't have have never even touched and don't use the TV mode. Yeah. Right. Let's let's assume that's a thing. I think just the thing being able to do that in itself is not even just a novelty, it's like a part of its identity. Yeah, as literally. A, as a console. Mm. So you take that away, it's literally just another handheld console. And I don't think you know, I, th- I think almost the point of con- like combining these two things in general was combining a market that was so segregated into one thing so that all the sales could sort of just go into that one product. And I think it's a it's like a perfect way to settle it. And even if you do think that it's like, oh, you know, people mostly play handheld. It's like, yeah, they probably do. Right. I'm not going to say they don't because there's a lot of handheld compatible titles that are really good on the Switch. Mm. But there's also a lot of games that look absolutely gorgeous blown up on a TV screen played with a better controller than what the Joy-Cons are. Yeah. And like you can, they can invest the money and put more, you know, grunt into those Joy-Cons, but they're already $120. I'm not expecting them to get any better than what they already are. Yeah, not, I not, hope so. Not, not, not without a price jump. To be honest, like apart from the Joy-Con drift, what is really wrong with those controllers in terms of how much they've got packed into them? Yeah, well, I don't in, in, have a problem apart from infrared, yeah. HD rumble, motion controls, gyroscopic, everything, detachable, you know, they charge on the console, rechargeable batteries. You can use them one. It's like it's two controllers in in a single package, even though, you know, that's questionable um (laughs) um there's already a lot packed into them and like they could use better grade materials and do all that stuff and whatever but i feel like they would be jacking up the price to do that um i don't think joy cons are the optimum way to play literally anything on the switch at all maybe an rpg where you don't have a lot of action it's great like pokemon or fire emblem but their their original selling point of the console breath of the wild Absolutely not. There is so many better ways in terms of control to play that game, and it's also much better looking on a bigger screen. Yeah. So, like this weekend with the Crown Tundra, I hadn't played my, I hadn't played my Switch in a long time on the TV, mainly because mm. um, my main save files were put onto my Switch Lite, being Pokemon and some other stuff I was playing. And like this weekend, I'm like, well, I want to play it on the TV, so I moved it all over, and it's just so much more fun. Not more fun, but it's just so much prettier just on the big TV, like, yeah. naturally. And just like we, we we said this about like the Switch Lite when it's coming out, you just lose so much function uh, functionality and just use case of the Switch. Yeah. Like even if you buy a Switch and you ne- you're like, I just want to play it handheld. I don't even care about it on the TV. And you like you have your dock in the in the cupboard or something. Like 
But if you have Mario Kart or Smash Bros and you have four people over having a bit of a beer and a bit of a carry-on, you're like, well, I'll tell you what, we can actually play. I've actually got Mario Kart. But, oh, sick. You know, you go and get your dock out the out the cupboard and hook it up and then you've got Mario Kart on the TV. But if you just had the handheld version, you know, you're just shit yeah. out of luck, really. You're yeah. not playing that. But then there's a lot of people that argue the point. It's just like, there's many more social activities that you could do, be doing that would be better than playing Mario Kart on the TV. To which, like, I raise, yeah, probably, but have you ever played Birio Kart? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, they're like, yes, good point, son. <laughs> like, Let's play Birio Kart, fellas. I've got a Switch here. Oh, wicked. It's like, yes, but it's a Switch Lite. So, yeah, Birio Kart will have to be played. I just associate Birio Kart with... Mario Kart 64. Yeah. I never even think about it with Mario Kart 8. No. <laughs> That'll be mad. <laughs> eight plays and all that. <laughs> but yeah, it is It is really, you know, it is, it is such a part of the identity of the console that even if you did assume that only 20% of the people are actually using that functionality of it, like taking that away uh, from the people that want to play on the TV or experience it and all that stuff. And then you've got stuff like Ring Fit Adventure, which is... You know, you would not want to play that on a Switch Lite, for example. I have that now. That's something I never brought up on the show, but I picked mm. one up. Um, I picked a copy of Ring Fit up because I know that that goes, flies out of stock like everywhere it goes. And I intend to, you know, give it a good crack, but I just haven't had the time. Um, but playing something like that on a Switch Lite, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, why would you even bother? be weird, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why would you even bother trying? And then you've got stuff like Mario Party, which is literally impossible without it. You need, um, like, detachable Joy-Cons, all that shit, like, that's not available in the original package. And if you're going out and buying additional Joy-Cons for your Switch Lite, you're doing it wrong. It makes no sense. Um, the point the point of the console is to have that modulability for varied experiences. And then if you've got a Switch Lite, you've got it in handheld mode, for sure. But, uh, you know, obviously you can't access the same sort of experience that you would from an original switch console yeah just and also just uh something i don't understand why he, he sort of like has this take that if he was correct there's already the switch he's suggesting it's the switch Lite is the handheld only version mm-hmm. um if 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 what he's saying was correct then wouldn't the market have spoken and just be everyone's just buying switch lights that's and, exactly right and, and like switches aren't staying in stock because they definitely are yeah <laughs> like yeah. They definitely are just flying off the shelves, the normal Switch. Yeah, and we went into a friggin', you know, a hardware deficit there for, like, during Corona, where they were literally, you could not find them. Mm. People were scalping the shit out. And, of like, them. what your your mate Peachy, he was on the show a few months ago, he bought a Switch Lite because he couldn't find the normal Switch. Exactly, and, and then, then he upgraded the, later. Yeah, then when the normal Switch came to stock, he said, you know what, I want the, t- I want the TV. Like, the, and that's the other thing as well, is, like, now that the 3DS production has ended, do you know how impossible it is to find a 3DS? I would imagine pretty hard. It's, it's very hard. I've got a and few here. I haven't been looking. <laughs> you, you can't you, like, and I was, I was like, you know what? I really feel like playing, um, uh, black two, white two, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. and I was sort of like in the mood. I'm just like, you know what? I might actually buy, um, like a cheap 3ds if there's, if there's any available, just like a new one, because mm-hmm. I never got one. And, um, like, maybe a couple of Pokemon games or something. But scalpers have literally picked all that shit up now that the 3DS production Have you looked at EB Games and locally? Yep. It's all gone. It's all gone. Yeah. So, Mm. you know, during that process as well, a lot of people have picked all that stuff up too and they've sort of taken that off the shelves. But the one thing that's always been consistent is there's always been Switch lights on shelves. 
Yeah. That's never changed. And it's not like the Switch Lite's getting any more love in production value than what the original Switch is. It's definitely not. You know, I would, I dare say they'd probably be making less Switch Lite consoles than they would be normal Switches at this point because the demand is obviously there for an OG Switch and mm. people aren't desperate enough to go out and buy out the lights. So, mm. you know, that's one thing. And yeah. then obviously the new consoles have done absolutely bonkers. Yeah. The only like devil's advocate sort of point I can think about, like just trying to like on the other side, mm. is I guess with the next generation of consoles coming up, having it on the TV just invites comparisons to the other consoles. I know like, you know, I'm buying a I'm buying the other two consoles and in no way am I getting them for the same reason I got my Switch. My Switch isn't there to be the powerhouse, no. you know, swapping between games instantly and if anybody's trying to make that comparison in 2020, like <laughs> you'd have to be a bit thick, I think. Maybe, you know. People was just like <laughs> it'd be, be like thick. It would be it'd be like going into like, you know, back in the day it would happen all the time Nintendo 64 first PlayStation or PlayStation 2, Xbox and GameCube whatever. Or the Wii. The Wii was a huge one. It's just like, oh, can't play my Call of Duty on that. It's like, well, you could, but... You, you know, can try. It doesn't look as good and it's motion controls. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's always been the same thing in comparison. Like, Nintendo's always been the one that's been below the other two in terms of, like, power and graphical fidelity or what have you. And people have always sort of put that to, put that to bed and been like, Ha, shame, Nintendo. You've got a box under the TV that's not as good. But this isn't a box under the TV on a, on a, its its own anymore. It is it is a handheld that has a box under the TV. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and you know that 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 is what it comes down to. Um, but I do like my experience of like, you know what. It's something new's come out. It looks pretty. I want to play it on the TV. I play it on the TV. And there's some games that just literally run better on the TV, like Xenoblade, both the Xenoblade games. Mm. They're not very good in handheld, like at all. They haven't scaled them very well. Uh, that never changed with Definitive Edition. But once you plug them into the TV, they look gorgeous. Mm. So, yeah. My, my favourite just feature... Is just like that instant switching, but like yeah. obviously in the dock, and like if Chantel's saying like, oh, like I might just be doing like raid battles in Pokemon, like something that I don't need the TV for. I'm like, you know, do you want the TV? She's like, yeah, that would be good. I'm like, all right, get my Switch. She gets it up, picks it up for me, gives it to me on the couch. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's a PlayStation controller. Um, go to Netflix, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. It's so a really. I, I didn't see anyone at all from like who I follow on. YouTube or podcasting or just Twitter, be like, yeah, you know what? That's a good take. That makes sense. Like, no. it didn't make sense because like, I don't think anybody on that thread probably thought it was a good take, mm. like mm. at all. Yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, Bryce. Uh, Nintendo has announced that there's a new Fire Emblem 35th year anniversary bundle. So you can download the original uh, Famicom <coughs> game, which has. Uh, it's been localized for the first time in English. Yep. So you can go and get that. That is going to be the one I'm going to pick, be picking up for $9. <laughs> um, but before I read what's in this physical special edition, are you interested in the physical edition or are you going to give this a miss? The physical edition looks nice, but I mm, I haven't seen nice. the I haven't seen the price for it and I'm a bit <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the price my mate, uh, my man. So uh, just before we get to the price, it comes with a record record Oh shit, Reclica. I can't say it when I get tired, you know. Reclica. 
Replica. Replica. Yeah, I'm missing the P. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, replica <laughs> game pack art piece uh, game sleeve awesome. and a digital Love game that. code so it comes with digital game code for a lot of physical collectors out there like oh it comes with a code but it is what it is uh, replica uh, game box instruction booklet and map comes with a, del- a deluxe uh, art book which will probably be the main piece of it uh, a mini Nintendo power collectible which just looks like a bit of a postcard yeah and it comes with like the nice box it all comes in and it's like, oh, that's all nice stuff. But say in America, it's fifty dollars, so it's ten dollars under. Oh. It's un- under an Australian, not un- under like their full price game. Whereas in Australia, for Nintendo titles, we pay eighty dollars. For this, they're asking ninety on EB Games website. Oh, piss off! That is ridiculous. It's, no, a, it's a really nice collector's edition, but it is a fucking digital download game. It's nine dollars on the eShop, just for context. So they're asking. Like another eighty-one dollars for the art book and like you know pieces of cardboard and the um, NES replica cartridge. Oh, I could not think of a worse way to waste ninety dollars right now. Mm, well, I can think of a lot worse ways, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's too much for me. So even That's like far too much. even the big Nintendo fan in me, um, not necessarily the biggest Fire Emblem character, I quite like Fire, Fire Emblem. Actually, you know what? Um, you know what? what? Make that replica actually have the Fire Emblem game on it and make it compatible with NES and then maybe. <laughs> you know what? Because then it would actually be a genuine bona fide NES copy of Fire Emblem localized. Mm. That would actually make sense for it to be 90, but we know it's just a replica. Mm. So what what drives the price up that high? $10 for the game and then $80 for everything else. And uh, just to add a bit more salt into the wound, um, it's only on sale until March 31st, yeah. 2021. Um, so it's an, another sort of thing to go along with the, the Mario anniversary. Nintendo, <laughs> please buck this trend fast. Yeah. And uh, the funniest, I reckon my most, uh, my favorite thing about this whole announcement is a lot of people saying like, you know, Mother 3 did get localized and released in the West, but it only like, lasted for like three hours and nobody noticed. <laughs> So we did release it, but it was like, it's 30 seconds and it's gone. <laughs> we wanted it to replicate the number in the title. So it was there for three seconds. and it's yeah, Three seconds. No one even saw it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we won't be buying this by the looks of it. I'll be picking up the game digitally. Um, oh yeah, because it's limited release and, you yeah. know, 10 bucks for the original Fire Emblem. You can't really go wrong. Yeah, because they... They did actually remake the game on DS, the, um, yeah, the Shadow Dragon. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is like the original version, just localized. Yeah. yeah. Which is really nice. And it comes with um, like you rewind features and save states and everything as well. Which is good. Yeah. Which uh, isn't on, say, uh, Nintendo Online. So <laughs> anyone who's yeah. saying uh, should be included in that, well, it's like uh, a lot of work. Actually, a they lot have of actually work, put work into it. A lot it. of work actually went into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is something we actually didn't talk about on the show, but, um, you know, Steve, in his initial release in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, on the windscreen, you can see his meat. <laughs> you can see his meat. Uh, it was funny because I never actually saw it on my game. He always His winning animation was always building the house and exploding it. Yep. But I never actually saw the meat. You never saw him meat? I never saw the meat. Oh. But in, in the patch notes for um, 9.0.1, they fixed a lot of uh, sort of um, things in the game, just balancing in that. As long as, as well as uh, taking out Steve's meat, which looked like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it 
It really does look like it actually kind of looks like a penis, really, in the Minecraft world. Check out my penis. Because, like, if you see here, Bryce, it doesn't actually, it doesn't really look like he's actually holding it either. It's just there. It's just. I mean, if you don't play Minecraft, it probably doesn't seem like it to the naked eye. I can, yeah, I can see that he's holding, like he's holding it there. It's it's clipped into his uh, in into his hand. Yeah, so it looks like he is supposed to be holding it. But uh, even if he's holding it, I guess he's he's just holding his meat, so it doesn't make it any worse. He just any better, so <laughs> meat. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Such an interchangeable <laughs> word. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> God. Right, let's move on. From move, move on from Steve's meat. <laughs> move on from Steve's meat, yeah. So this is from Nintendo Enthusiast and Apex Legends has been delayed for Switch until 2021. Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Coming from publisher EA and Titanfall developer Respawn Entertainment, Apex Legends is set to follow Fortnite in beginning a major battle royale experience to the Nintendo Switch. We were looking forward to going hands-on with uh, the handheld Apex Legends this year, but sadly, we're going to have to wait a bit longer. Apex Legends on Nintendo Switch has been delayed till 2021. The Switch version was internally scheduled for this fall, uh, but due to unexpected new challenges that 2020 has brought, a delay was necessary. Uh, no specific release date or window was given beyond what uh, that it will occur next year. Uh, maybe it will be a launch for the rumored Switch Pro. And yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. So don't expect Apex Legends this year if you're waiting for that. <laughs> I mean, the game's kind of just like, it, okay, could just be me, right? But I never hear anybody talking about Apex all anymore. At all. Like, I, I, it, was, it was really good on release and it was like a really good competitor to Fortnite. But it fell off like three months in. And then ever since then, I think it's had like, I think it's up to like season nine or ten or something like that for the Battle Pass and whatever and... I opened it on Xbox the other day. I'm like, there's like four new characters here and I don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like looking at the monetization schemes. I'm like, uh, yeah, I haven't changed a bit. So I was kind of like, you know what? Well, they're a bit rough, are they? I'm good. No, yeah, they, no, it's just like they have limited time events, but those limited time events have loot boxes that cost like $10 each. And they're the only way to get specific skins. Mm. I'm like... Excuse me? Excuse me? I'm like, you're telling me I have to spend like 80 bucks for a 10 roll and there's like maybe 18 skins in this bundle. So let's say even if I do make the 10 roll and still get 10 out of 18 of the new skins without getting a duplicate, are you telling me that I still have to make eight more rolls after that to get everything in this thing and that, that brings the total up to like a roaring like 150? And Respawn's just like... Yes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and, that, and that's that's not on top of like all the box content that's already in the previous game and the fact that people still have to purchase characters. I know the characters are like earnable and you can earn them with in-game currency and just buy them with in-game currency. But my experience from that, I had to pay, I had to play like, I'd like to say 80 to 100 hours or something like that of Apex Legends to get one character. There's a lot of time, right? Mm. Like that, that that's not time that I I wasted frugally. I played and like, you know, enjoyed my time with it or whatever. But when it was released, there was two characters that you could buy and then the re- and like the rest of the roster was free. It's like cool. But I got one out of them. Uh, one out one out of the two of them and I'd have to spend another 80 hours making my total time 160 to get the other one. It's, yeah. 
They, they make that much money off cosmetics and shit already. I don't know why it's still... Oh, well, it's okay. coming the Switch next year, Bryce. So you'll be able to nah, grind for characters on the couch. I, d- I don't think it's going to get any traction. Well, the thing is, I'll, I'm really looking for... I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing what it looks like on Switch because I can't imagine it being a great experience on Switch. I can't either. I can't imagine. It's going like it's obviously going to be 30 frames consistent at best. That's what we've got fingers crossed for. If it's any lower than that, it's unplayable being a first-person shooter, especially if it's going to be cross-play and that with other platforms, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. And we, we know what games look like when um, like they lock in like the frame rate because the graphics are going to have to go way down to even cater towards that. So um, I feel like they in the article, uh, Nintendo Refuses, they suggested maybe it's uh, for the you know, Switch Pro next year, you know, giggle, giggle. <laughs> but I feel feel like it, it needs an upgraded switch to run that type of thing. Oh, yeah. like well, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's yeah. Like if if you if you have a you know a laptop or a PlayStation Four or whatever, like there's no way in hell you would play Apex Legends on Switch over any other platform unless your computer's just trash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. I mean, even just even just leaving it at that, like, what was it? Uh, what was 60 FPS and like really Paladins? It was like Paladins, and then I was like, you know, I'm like, forget, forget Fortnite, forget Overwatch, which are running at 30 FPS, the competitive shooters. Like Paladins is running at 60. I'm like, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah, you know, that's the way you want it. It it still doesn't look as pretty as its counterparts, but it did work, and it was sort of just like, you know, that that could still be the thing. And I even put my praises out about it, and I'm like, at 60 FPS. Paladins is probably the best you're going to get for a team-based shooter, right? Mm. But, you know, it, uh, the problem with Paladins is it's struggled to take off in general in comparison to Overwatch and all that anyway, so... Yeah. Mm. All right. So, Bryce, that uh, that wraps up the news, and let's talk about uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra. Now, I was thinking about going to Reggie's rec room, but I think... If we're talking about the Crown Tundra, we need to we need to move outside. We need to actually go to the Crown Tundra. How do, how do you feel about that, Bros? All right. How do you feel about that? So beautiful, very nice. In, in the tundra. Oh, wow! It's very beautiful out here, isn't it? Ooh. Just outside the house, Mario. We'll have the Crown Tundra the whole time. No, I guess I guess this is where we live now. <laughs> We live in the Crown Tundra. I, did, I didn't buy any nice warm clothes. I've been here in shorts and a t-shirt for like <laughs> the last five years and you've just moved us to the Tundra. Well, remember how we moved the House Murray to Denmark? True. <laughs> now, now, did we accidentally move to the Crown Tundra? Yeah. <laughs> so we could, we could have had all this time to do the max uh, raid layers the whole time, but we've oh. just been sitting inside doing nothing. God damn it. Playing Mario Kart and Smash, looking at Steve's meat. <laughs> we could have had a head start catching all the Reggies and everything, but here we are. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Look where we are now. At the Crown Tundra. Freezing my ass off. <laughs> Buy me a jacket, damn it. Alright. So, Bryce, the Crown Tundra. What have you what has been your experience so far? How are you enjoying it? And let's uh, let's break it down. I've only done one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent I've spent I'd like to say probably about 20 hours worth of game time on Max Layers <laughs> 20 hours holy shit yeah, a long time I've almost bought two ability patches <laughs> I've done a lot of Max Layers um, 
No, I, I, I ran around and did little things like started the quests and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't, I haven't gone any further than that because um, I think, I think the crown tundra for me, I, I already know what happens and everything because I was kind of just like, all right, I, I know that I'm not going to do it for a while. I'm just going to give myself the reprieve and find out what the fuck the deal is with everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've watched the story. Yeah, I know. I know what the goes on is. Okay. So it's, I'm kind of just like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to get through that stuff, like watch it. And then I'm just going to fucking ignore it for now. Um, I'm just going to go do Max Liz because the thing is, is for the longevity sake and me actually wanting to play Pokemon, this is Max Liz is like the end game I needed. Yeah. So this, it sounds like um something a bit more closer to maybe the raids in other games you play. Would you, yeah. would you say that? Like a bit more longer, a bit more team-based? and Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think like there is challenges in there that do require a bit more team communication and stuff like that. Uh, and um, like a lot of people can attest to it. Having, having, um, having rental teams, I think, is like a huge play into what makes them such more of a, you know, slice of content in comparison to, you know, the Pokemon we've had before. Honestly, it's it's not... It's still not the most complicated system and it is still pretty newbie friendly if mm, absolutely if you yourself know what you're doing and you can sort of get through it. But I think what's important about it is that um, there is still difficulty depending on what monster you're approaching at the end of your den. Um, and there is strategy involved that actually requires you to sort of think about your next move. Um, whereas Max Raids before were kind of just jump in with whatever Pokemon was weakest um, strongest to that typing and smack it down, you know? Um, so I'm glad that it does have that bit more of, I guess, I guess a semblance of having the experience to sort of get through these things. Um, and the rewards themselves are good for, you know, competitive Pokemon battling and, uh, you can obviously, it's a good shiny hunting method and it's, the legendaries are there, um, which is awesome. And I think it does sort of just fit my, again, your what you said before was my personal taste of like, I can use that as a method to sort of just keep the longevity of the game going. Mm. Um, I'm personally not catching any legendaries until I get sick of trying to find shiny ones. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's my go-to. Mm. Yeah, and I guess for anybody who doesn't like who hasn't jumped into the DLC yet or anything like that, like the max raid layers are pretty much you verse uh, four Dynamax Pokemon before going against the legendary Pokemon, and uh, throughout the way, depending on what you can choose, what path you take, and you might be able to find berries that heal your Pokemon up. You might be able to run into uh, a professor that can swap the po- or scientist that can swap uh, your rental Pokemon for a random one. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, for a random one. And there's like you know there's other things along the way too. So it's like a bit of a strategy to picking your path on the way through mm-hmm. um, to try and you know catch the, the healing items and uh, the things that you need on the way. And like you said, Bryce, it's um I think it's just really well done. Like it's only the first weekend we played it, so it's still brand new. So that excitement's still there. Yeah. Um, because like the original sort of Max raid battles like they were fun at first but o- over the time then they kind of got old and people were exploiting them for shinies and all of that and it just became sort of like eh 
yeah, um, yeah, boring. Right. Especially like once you got all the Gigantamax forms, you're like, cool, I've done the sort of, you know, dex completion for um, those forms. There wasn't much reason to go back into them. Yeah. Well, there were plenty of reason to go back into for like the candies and the rewards and just... Um, but that was such a stagnant up. fight. Yeah. It's like just every time. It's just really boring. Unless yeah. like you're watching TV or something, you weren't going to uh, make the effort to do them. No. But this sort of uh, brings new life into it. It uses those mechanics, but it sort of links them up and puts more stuff in between to actually make them more engaging again. And it doesn't make them bullshit either. Like the mm. problem with the Max Raid battles before was that going in with NPCs pretty much any time was a bullshit way to do it. And it was pretty much forcing you to go get with people. But I, I've actually done a lot of my Max Lairs solo. <laughs> And I've had like pretty reasonable success. Yeah, and that's the thing too, because the CPUs will have the same access to the Pokemon that you access. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. So you're not stuck with Martin Solrock. Mm. <laughs> like your partners will actually use like good Pokemon, yeah. and like you might. I don't know if you. I haven't really. I don't think I've done any CPUs. I've been connected to the internet the whole time, so I just um, get randoms in. But do they make good choices and all that? Apart from what attacks to use and sometimes um, they do. They do have a real nasty habit. NPCs have a real nasty habit where if they pick the wrong Pokemon, right, it can get really annoying, especially if you're going against something and like something that I've talked about a lot to people who are currently playing. Zygarde's an asshole <laughs> uh, and is, is the hardest fight, I think, in the entire thing uh, because it has two party-wide moves it has a free heal at 50% HP plus a massive stat boost because it gets complete form. And um, it becomes like a real chore to try and beat it. And you need to like very specific party setups. But you know what would probably make that a little bit easier in in some of the fights? Not just Zygarde, but like in any other fight, what would make it a little bit easier? Is the NPCs not spamming like, I guess, stat raising moves so much? Mm. Um, a real huge problem I uh, came across was like I think it was like a Rayquaza in the red. Like I was just about to kill it, and it <laughs> and it knocked us out. And I was I remember getting very pissy about it because like I've been soloing most of this time. I have done like some co-op, but like a lot. I'd like to say seventy percent of it has been solo. Um, but it really ticked me off to the point where I went online because all the all this NPC did with its pin kerchin <laughs> the entire time during that Rayquaza fight. And it would have had to have been like six moves was hit acupressure. <laughs> and then because stat raising moves don't really do jack shit. Um, if, if that's all you're doing, because obviously in max raids, they can be reset by the max raid Pokemon. Yeah, so it's yeah. So it just it's just like, oh, I lost my stats, so it went back to acupressuring to get its stats back up. I'm like, please, why? Like, go away. Mm. That's that's like the only time I've ever had a massive problem. But like, um, before I accidentally erased it from my saved log, which I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of annoyed I did. Um, Rayquaza. No, it's uh, Suicune. I was actually hunting nah. Suicune. I I um. I had about an 80 to 90% success rate against Suicune, which is not bad, like just with NPCs. Um, the more basic, basic a legendary you pick, the better your success rate is going to be with NPCs. Yeah. So if, if you're like in a place where you're not going to be with any incident and you really feel like hunting like a shiny legendary, you can just pick a more simpler legendary. 
like Axi or Azelf or, you know, I, I guess just those little things or Zapdos, Moltres, Articuno. Yeah. You know, it, it, just those things. Um, and then you've got like a tier list that sort of goes up. And I, I know that somebody's going to sort of make one sometime. I'm waiting for that to happen. So I just can sort of just see um, in, in terms of difficulty. So at the bottom, you would probably have like the Tapus and Axi Azelf. And then at the top would be Zygarde. And uh, stuff like that. I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've encountered anything as high guard, as as hard as Zygarde yet. And God, I'm yeah. I haven't versed Zygarde yet, so I've, I've got it I've got saved there. Out. If you want to verse it, it it's <laughs> it's terrible. No, I saved it because I'm I'm actually like, all right, I'm gonna need a dedicated team that wants to do this, mm. and I'm gonna need to get a communicating team that wants to do this because it is gonna piss me off trying to do that with randoms. Yep. So I saved it in my log, and it's not leaving my log <laughs> until I get people that are just like, yes. I'll do Zygarde. Yeah. And then I'll shiny hunt it. Yeah. So let's talk about the shiny hunting side of things because this is uh, one of the things that's most exciting about this for people that actually hunt shinies. Yeah. Because in Pokemon Sword and Shield, there has been very... It's been the generation of Pokemon with the least amount of ways to shiny hunt Pokemon. Yes. Like in Diamond and Pearl, there was, um, you know, just many ways to do it. And throughout the generations, there's always been some sort of way to do it whether it's like using the radar or etc etc but in this one it's pretty much just a masuda method of getting a pokemon to uh from different languages putting them in the daycare and you've got a lot better chance of hatching a shiny egg um and that was pretty much it there was um some mechanics in the wild where you can run into pokemon defeat them and once over uh 500 encounters or um defeats you you can um puts up your chance a bit. But apart from that, there was not many sort of ways in Sword and Shield. Whereas, whereas now there's uh, these new raid battles. So once you actually catch the Pokemon, when you get to the summary screen at the end, that is when you can see if they're shiny or not. And uh, without the shiny charm, so if you haven't completed the Pokedex, uh, you've got one out of 300 chance. And if you, ha- if you have the shiny charm, you have one in 100 chance. Yes. And those those odds sound really good which they are, but it does take a long time to get through those battles. So it's um, it probably works out. It's about the same rate as Ultra Wormholes if you played mm. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. It probably does work out, you know, kind of similar because, like, if you're just soft resetting in, in front of a legendary Pokemon, say, in, uh, you know, Omega Ruby or something. And or you've even got, like, in just the same game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you can't really soft, soft reset in this game because a lot of the stagnant legendaries are um, shiny locked. Yeah, you know what I the, mean, though. The Reggies. The Reggies, you just knock them out. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Just re-encounter yeah, them. Yeah. 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 So it probably does work out to, you know, be kind of similar just for the amount of time you're putting in to actually yeah. catch these Pokemon. Yeah, that's right. But it, it is really great how you can opt not to keep them and then you can, like, keep hunting them. And that's what I really enjoy about um, what Game Freak are doing with the games at the moment is that, like, they're trying to encourage you not to soft reset to get shinies. You know, and sometimes that works out to be kind of annoying because there are shiny locked Pokemon, you know, being the starters, uh, the legendary Pokemon. Even the legendary Pokemon that are um, new to the Crown Thunder, apart from the two new Regis, they are shiny locked. Um, you know, which is kind of disappointing because if you want the option, it's, it kind of sucks. But they are they are encouraging you and making new ways for you to actually shiny hunt without doing the really boring, monotonous, just exiting out the game. It does make me annoyed. Reloading about, and going again. It does make me annoyed about the bird trio. Because the bird trio shinies, I don't know if you've seen them. They're beautiful. They're awesome. Yeah, they're mm. just their original color schemes, and that that's awesome. And I really wish that was a huntable thing. But we know that that's going to be delegated to events, which is something that they really need. 
need to get out of here. <laughs> That's the thing with the birds, though. Like, it's it's they're roaming Pokemon. We'll talk about them more later, but they're roaming Pokemon. So it's once they're generated, that is what they're going to be. So you can't really shiny hunt them anyway. Yeah, but I kind of wish they just had a method instead. Like they yeah, would be yeah, roaming. Yeah, true. You would Absolutely. roam. You would roaming. You would roam them. Like obviously, go follow them wherever they may be, and then maybe you would fight them. And then you wouldn't be able to catch them until they get back to a lair and then you would be able to do it. Like, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of opportunity just for something like that. Mm. Especially, um, I don't know if you caught some of the uh, Crown Tundra leaks. Well, leaks, 4chan leaks beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they said, like, um, you know, judging by the law, it was like uh, Zapdos would roam the plains of uh, Route was it 12 or whatever that's near stolen side because it's like this sort of deserty area. Um, and that's where Zapdos would reside and that's why it sort of become the typing it did eventually. And then, um, uh, Articuno was sort of up North and it sort of took on that. And then Moltres was, uh, at God, what's it called? Had it in my head a second ago. Yeah, so like the, in place, the, the place where Marnie, Marnie, and that are from. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had it in my head two seconds ago. And it's gone, and it was sort of like you know, it was it was like, you know, they sort of migrated to the region and they took on that, you know, the vibe of each area that was sort of there, and I thought that was a really neat idea, and I thought that could have been like you know, you would chase them around and roam and find them until they eventually get back to the lair, much like how they did in, um, Crystal. Crystal was the same. Mm. Um, you would just sort of run the legendaries around, run Sweaker, Sweaker around until eventually it would end up at, um, not the Burn Tower, the other one, um. And then you would have a static encounter with Suicune there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that that was Suicune though. The the others you just catch as you battle them, like what whatever. Do you though there. do you though? Because I remember them being there. I remember being them there during that static encounter. Yeah. I'm, it was only Suicune that was a static encounter. Um it's been a long time though, so mm. don't, but just, don't don't quote any of us. Regardless <laughs> of that, is that's my point. Like mm. I, I, I it would have been awesome if it was something like that and then you could shiny hunt them because those mm. were those are really coveted. Like because it is just their original colour scheme, sure, and like people might think, oh, that's kinda of boring, but I I honestly think that's a really good throwback. Mm. And I think Moltres expect this especially looked awesome. Oh for sure. Yeah. Having its flames yeah. and all that the colour. But um, all right, let's talk about the legendary birds and like how you actually encounter them because uh, it is really cool. Like they are in the world; you can see them, and you are actually chasing them. And it's it's the first time in the series you're actually like really hunting a Pokemon. Like, um, obviously, um, let's go Pikachu, and that was the first time we saw Pokemon in the wild. And you got like you know they're walking around the grass. Grass, you're like, oh look, there's a Snorlax. Fantastic! I need a Snorlax, and you you walk up to it and you catch it. So like, awesome! Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And same with Sword and Shield, you're seeing them a bit more in their environment, um, walking around. But this is the first time you're like, like they 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 specify once they spread out that um, Zapdos has gone to the wild area, Moltres has gone to the Isle of Armor, and um, Articuno is going around the Crown Tundra. So they're all in their different wild areas. Mm-hmm. And the first one I went for was Zapdos, and it's in the wild area. And like you're like, all right, where is this thing? So you just run around your bike, and like in 
for, for a game that has like really bad draw distance, like awful draw distance, obviously, um, you could, I could actually see this thing like miles away. Like yeah, they make it noticeable. Yeah, they make it noticeable. And it's like there it is. And Zapdos, it's like running like it's lightning just, fast. Yeah, sprinting. Yeah. yeah, sprinting. And it's really hard to catch on your bike. Like you've got to like you sort have to of, cut it off. Yeah, you got to like cut it off, and it's like really cool. You're actually like chasing it. Yeah, and like that's the that's only like the taste of maybe what. Uh, the Pokemon franchise can do with this open world sort of take on it. Yeah. Where you can actually like chasing the Pokemon. So, and I think they're starting to realize that too. Mm. Yeah. So like, you know, w- with what you said about like chasing it back to a max layer, I reckon that would have been pretty disappointing if you're just trying to hurt it instead of like, rather than catch it. I mean, no, cause you would still sort of get the same thing. I think like they could play with that idea a hell of a lot more though. Like, you know, you've got, um, you know, let's take Zapdos as a primary example, how it's sort of running around the wide area. You've got to cut it off. Like imagine like, yeah, you do the same thing, but then once you, once you knock it down, it runs off to another part of the wild area. And that part of the wild area, it's like, let's say maybe the, um, the desert ruins part of the wild area. And instead of just interacting with the ground around it, and it's just running laps, it instead, jumps up on the ruins and tries to use that to get away from you as well and then sort of moves on and then comes back around sort of in a pattern and then you know you would have to try and cut it off from like jumping off its usual landing path at the ruins to catch it so Mm. it actually like sort of interacts with everything that's in the wild area as well and not just running dirt tracks Mm. does that make sense yeah it makes sense it just uh, I don't know and then eventually you would back it into a corner and then yeah because that's that's pretty much what they did with Sweeking. Yeah. Hmm. And it was it was symbolic in its own way, um with Sweeking, because obviously it was um at the Bell Tower. Yeah. Um He had like Usain actually like trying to catch it himself. Mm. He's always jealous because yeah. <laughs> you're the one who finds it. Why did Sweeking <laughs> But like it was it was symbolic in the in the sense that Ho Ho had resurrected uh, Ho had resurrected them from the burnt tower and they were the guardians of the bell tower. And, um, then, you know, you could, you could sort of replicate that with Zapdos, Moltres and Articuno in some way. Like maybe, um, you back Zapdos into a corner and it's actually like looking after, I don't know, a weak Pokemon or something in a den or, you know, and you got like a little quest to do with that, or so, yeah, I like the idea of that. You know, yeah. th- there there is there is like ways you can sort of tie that symbolism into it and make it more of their own story, mm. sort of thing. And like, I'm not saying that, you know, just thinking of that alone like makes this disappointing. It's definitely really cool ways to encounter them. I just feel like you know, if if you wanted to make these sort of, you know, I I feel like the reason they sh- they they locked them is because of this whole, um. You know, once they're generated, that's it type of deal for roaming legendaries. Because then they'll be like, they'll have people complaining, being like, it's shiny reset, you know, and, <laughs> and just like going back and forth. And, you know, I, I think that's the reason they're just like, all right, just shiny lock it before people start complaining. And then they can't complain. They can just complain about it shiny locked rather than having to deal with a million and one. Mm. You know, I think that's why they did it. And that's kind of. Yeah, I would say so too. It's frustrating. Yeah. And just like with um, Moltres too, like it's doing, it's basically like f- flying around the islands, mm. around the Isle of Armour. And like, I'm like, oh, there it is. So I'll go up to it. And I'm like, then like the fog sets in. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it. And I'm like, I noticed that it's doing a pattern. So I stay on this one island 
and like it's flying over you and I like so I do a whistle and then it, it notices you and like it sort of um, backs up and then it goes to attack you because it's like Moltres being now flying dark type. It's like aggressive yeah. Yeah. and it's really cool. It's like it like it shows that it's it shows its character. Mm. Yeah, and the same with Articuno too. Like you can see it flying everywhere, and I, I could, for some reason, I could only find it in the one place. It kept on coming back to the one place. So um, every time I go to that certain bit of the wild area, not the wild area, the Crown Tundra, um, you could hear its cry. I'm like, oh, it's it's there. So I go down there, and it, like it does, it double teams, and you've got to um, uh, find out which one's the real double team. If you go um, and like interact with the wrong wrong Articuno, it like disappears. If you do the right one, it like teleports and then attacks you. So it's like really cool. It's just like really fun. I, I can't wait to see some more sort of um, um, interactions like this in future Pokemon It'd games. Be polished up, yeah, yeah. You know? And I think that is sort of the thing with Sword and Shield historically is we've always been worried about its polish and you know what it sort of brings to the table. Now I was talking about like oh they don't have the time to model all these Pokemon and stuff like that. And I really hope this does change their mind with. The next games, um, because they'll probably be remakes. Let's be real; it's probably Diamond and Pearl remakes or something like that. I really do hope they kind of hope they kind of change their mind and just be like, "All right, all Pokemon are in them," and then be like, "Cool." Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more sort of once we've discussed the Crown Tundra because I got a lot to say about that as well. Right. Okay. Um, but I guess like the the main story. So you haven't played through the main story, but you've I've, I know it all. You yeah. know it all. I, have you watched it or have you just like read up on it? I've watched it because yeah. uh, like I, I'm not I'm not vetoing out any shiny potentials until you know whatever. And to sort of get to a certain point with the Reggies and get Regigigas and all that, you know, you need to have all of them. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not not going to push too far. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess just for the next discussion about the the story. Obviously, spoiler warnings if you're sensitive to that. But like, this is like a pretty, a pretty, you know, a basic story. Um, it's nothing like mind blowing or anything. But if if you haven't played it yet, you intend to, um, yeah, skip this bit mm-hmm. or come back to it once you've uh, played through it. It only takes like two to four hours, depending on how much you get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I got distracted a lot. Um, but yeah, so this is the story about Calyrex trying to regain its power and find its trusty steed. And I thought it was just a really nice, sweet story. You know, nothing mind-blowing or anything, but I, it was definitely better than the Isle of Armor story, yeah. which I've already forgotten. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> like, you know, I haven't forgotten it, but, you know, it, it, was, very, it was a very forgettable story, the Isle of Armor. Um, but this one, this one's really nice. I, w- I, will admit, I will admit I'd like Bulbous Head Deer more than I thought I would have. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Like, honestly, like looking at its design originally, I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Jesus fucking this, Christ. This, and, and I mean, I, <laughs> even looking at the leaks where it's just like you, the, the fused the fused form is just him on a horse. I'm, I'm still, I was still like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm like, God, I can't get any more basic. But then, you know, actually having like a bit of a storyline like through it and you know him him sort of talking and like explaining things about him being the king of harvests and you know how um he was a huge important thing like figure in the crown tundra that's just sort of just been forgotten and just stuff like that i think is like you know it, it's good it's good i like legendary stories um I think that probably comes from nostalgia from Mewtwo Strikes Back. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I think that's the same for a lot of all of us that are around our age group um, that still play Pokemon to this day as we all sort of harbour that, 
you know, story experience that comes out of legendary Pokemon. Mm. Yeah. So like these, these like horse Pokemon were rumored or leaked or rumored for a long time mm. and they weren't mentioned in the marketing material at all. So this was like, I guess a nice surprise to find the designs and the look of these two new Pokemon. Um, I did look at the leaks beforehand because I could not help myself. God damn it. Oh, I never do anyway. <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. I just want to see what it looks like. Yep. But I guess discussing the two new Pokemon. So you got you get a you actually get a choice of what Pokemon you choose to fuse with Calyrex. So there's a Glastier or Spectira. Spectira. Spectiria? Glastia and Spectria. Spectria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, ended up picking a Glastria. I guess I'm getting Spectria then. You can if you like. It's up to you. Well, if we want the Pokedex entries. And like that's yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> What 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 what's uh? Well, what's, we need we need to pick, we need to pick an exclusive there, but we're also going to have to share our Reggies if we want Regigigas too. So that's another thing to keep yeah. in mind. Well, that's why I asked you the other day. I'm like, oh, what choices do you make? You're like, I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> no, have, like, you, right. have you picked up? Uh, did you pick up a Reggie? I haven't. I haven't done the Reggie yet because I want to um, save one for shiny hunting. I want a shiny hunt. And you know, I I went through everything else. I don't have to rush the rest yeah. type of thing. So. So yeah, so, right. so yeah, the, the story goes through when you're just doing basic little stuff. You're exploring the the Crown Tundra, mm-hmm. and then it gets to the point where um, you need to grow a carrot um, to try and att- attract your horse friend. <laughs> <laughs> and and depending on where you grow the carrot, so you can grow it in a in the snowy plain or near like the I guess a ghostly plain, and that determines what horse you get. And it's just a just um. I guess it's kind of cool that you get the the choice and all that. I quite liked it. I would have also just liked to have had both of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I with the Reggies, I'm I was actually when I heard about, it, I'm like, oh really? Yeah, you it's kind of get a both? pain in the ass. Yeah. And once once you've, it's really weird how they lock it too. Like it's it's just like, uh, have you seen it? Yeah, like they're in the same area and depending on what pattern you do on the ground mm. it determines on which one will pop up when that, you go and talk to the statue. Yeah, so yeah, every Reggie, you have to copy their eye pattern on the ground uh, to get, you know, uh, them to wake up, I suppose. Yeah. And it's it's the same thing uh, with all of them except for Reggie Lecky, Reggie Draco. They're in the same thing. So you've got to pick an eye pattern and that'll determine your Reggie. Uh and then you have a chance to change it. You have one last chance to change your mind uh, when you check the statue. It goes, it, it says something like, it looks like once you've pressed this, it won't change back. Like you won't have the option to change the pattern on the floor. And mm-hmm. then once you've, once you've accepted that, then you're locked into whatever you picked. And like being new, new legendaries in general, I think, you know, um, I think maybe the horses is fine, right? Yeah. Um, the horses is fine to lock and like, you know, you pick one and then that's the <laughs> Reggie's was just infuriating. <laughs> yeah. So I've, it, it is funny from a story point of view where it's just like, oh, like Cal- Rex when he's, he's just like, oh, I can't remember what my horse looks like. Then like whatever one you pick. <laughs> oh, yes. That one. <laughs> that horse. <laughs> um, but yeah, with this, it's just it's, it's, it's annoying because um, when we bought the DLC, like, you know, the two new Reggies, like, are a big part of the content, two brand new legendary Pokemon to catch. But, like, you're only sort of getting half of that. You're not actually getting them both, which I is pre- a little bit frustrating. I appreciate the option to pick, but I don't know why Reggie mm. Leckie and Reggie Draco had to be 
like the a part of that rule. It kind of just annoys me. Yeah, I like obviously the whole thing is to like whether it's um, monetary or it is just being like, hey, let's get friends to actually like you know, decide which one to get, trade them, all that, and actually work with one another. You know, all all the all the you know the Pokemon. Blah 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 that they've been talking about for the last twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like really blah 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 blah. Yeah, because like it doesn't like locking these to a choice doesn't necessarily make you go and buy another version or another no, no. thing. So it's not necessarily them trying to make you spend more money. It's just it just makes you want to create a new profile on the Switch and <laughs> <laughs> replay it just to get to that point. And you don't even have to go very far. Like uh, all these DLCs are situated, you can get them before before you even get a badge. Mm. So. You, you can go to them the same time you can go to the wild area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so this is really cool. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, that just means you know you can do it very very quickly and get to it very very quickly. But at the same time, it's just like, god damn it! Like, why why are you going to put me through that extra effort? It's kind of just a pain in the ass. Mm. But oh, yeah. So I that 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 to be honest is one of my um, biggest gripes with the DLC, and it's kind of like one of those things where like you know. And I just suck it up and get over it, type of thing, you know. But um, at least, at least it's not version exclusive, because that's what I was getting a little bit worried about. Was being like, you know, only Reggie Draco is on sword, you know, and the other one's on shield. Yeah, that would have been really annoying. Yeah. Being like, I don't even, don't even have a choice, especially if you're going into it, being like, oh, I can't wait for a Reggie Alecki. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and it seems like with their stats too, they seem to be, um, you know, real, real fast, but you know, quite frail Pokemon. Whereas they think Reg- yeah, they think Regilecki's the stronger one. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean with a there's there's sort of got similar stats, just um um eat Regilecki's the fastest Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure pretty sure it's the fastest Pokemon. So it's really existence. frail and it, it doesn't really have that much um spread with its moves either. It's only pretty much using electric attacks. No, it it does have a pretty decent spread. Pretty decent spread from what um from what I'd because uh, I'd been watching like videos from an analyst as well like a, a top mm. competitive player yep and they reckon that the problem with Draco Drago is he doesn't have have as much of a pool as Lecky and Lecky uh does not need a speed based nature to benefit it because it's already a stupidly high base so yep. you can just invest that point in special attack instead and. You've already got yourself like a huge special sweeper with, you know, an unbeatable speed stat already. Mm. So yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to um getting my shiny <laughs> and uh, maybe using it. Yeah. I want I want the Drago just because I want the blue. Mm. <laughs> Looks nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, the into the Calyrex story is really nice. You know, you just uh, basically fuse it. Cool. He's happy again. Then you catch it. You're like cool. Into the PC. <laughs> yeah, see you later, guys. <laughs> yeah. But I, I really like the idea of having that fusion where it's not like, say, in Generation 5 where they fuse together and they turn into some other, like... I really like that. Or, no, 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 no. I really like that too, but I really, I quite like this where it is just, like, literally, like... They, look at my horse. My horse is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Give it a look. Ooh, it tastes just like raisins. <laughs> if, if, if the horse tastes like raisins, you're winning because it just tastes <laughs> like hair and shit. It's, it's an animal that lives outside. It won't taste good. <laughs> Shut up, woman. Get on my horse. <laughs> yeah, but I quite like it. How it's just like literally just... It's on the horse. That I think just, it's cool. That should just be the jukebox this week. <laughs> I'll get that stuck in my head. 10 hours of that. No, oh, yeah, 10 hours, sure. That'd be great. There is a 10-hour version. <laughs> oh, I believe you. Yeah. 
but the thing is, I've got to leave it just recording for 10 hours. <laughs> Look at my horse. My horse is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it is cool because it is the first Pokemon with two abilities as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much they're going to use that concept in the future. Yeah, I don't know. Because it does make sense because it is literally... Two Pokemon there, there are just two Pokemon there. I do feel like, um, you know, a, a lot of that stuff can sort of be just delegated to one, like to just regular Pokemon as well. Like, I feel like... You know, the, there's a lot of abilities that sort of meld together just fine, like maybe Moxie and Intimidate, for example. Jesus. Like, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. That'd be that'd be absolutely mad. <laughs> Moxie and Intimidate. Yeah. It's like make you a real threat against um, opposing um, opposing physical sweepers, but then also like being susceptible to special attackers because your abilities do nijack shit, especially, you know. It it cuts your ability in half. Mm. You know, I think there's like a lot of a lot of cool potential for stuff like that. I feel like, I feel like the next thing for just like basic Pokemon in general is probably those kinds of upgrades, where, you know, they they sort of put a bit more, bit more of the actual personality into the Pokemon that's not just, you know, what it is. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at what the ability is. I know um, Calyrex is unnerved, so then you can't use berries. I think the other two, what were the horse's abilities again? Just trying to find it. Just look at Calyrex Rider. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was um, stat boost of some kind. Yeah. It's like unnerved. It's not like a, a super crazy ability to be paired with anything. So it does make sense. And it's cool that the ability to allow two abilities is called um, as one. Yep. So it's like that sort of noble theme. Just keep talking about it and I'll find it very quickly. I'm sort of looking on here, but I can't find it. I'll find it. The browser will find it. He's, a, he's good with the thumbs and the, the mobile phone. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I guess uh, just moving away from that until we do find the ability there, because I, I, I am curious just to see what it is, especially if we're going to talk about uh, how it might be implied with um, sort of other Pokemon, but the, the thing found it. Okay, so you've got <laughs> at, you've got as one for both of them. Obviously, you've got unnerved Chilling Nay and unnerved Grim Nay, and it's when the Pokemon knocks out a target, it utters a Chilling Nay, which boosts its attack stat. Or when the Pokemon knocks out a target, it utters a Terrifying Nay, which bo- boosts its special attack stat. Yeah. So it is stat boosts. Yeah, it's like Moxie. Yep, Moxie. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like crazy to go against. Obviously, Berry's pay, um, player a huge uh, role in competitive Pokemon. So not being able to use your berries is hard and let alone if that opponent is getting stacked boost as well, if they're knocking you out. So, it, you know, it's pretty good, but it's not like insane, like intimidate and moxie. Hmm. Whereas if you're knocking out Pokemon, you're getting your stat boost and you're also putting down their, <laughs> their attack, <laughs> which would be just nuts. But um, sort of the, the thing I was looking forward to the most with this DLC uh, out of everything was just the actual area of the crown tundra itself. Um, the Isle of Armour we knew was going to be the smaller one and just from all the leaks and sort of information we got, the Crown Tundra was going to be a lot bigger mm-hmm. and from what we've played, it is a lot bigger. Um, I wouldn't say like it way bigger, but it, you know, it is bigger. It's in, very meaty. It's, it's very much meatier. Yeah. 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 And I just um, absolutely love exploring new areas in Pokemon. Um, I think just this, that's the best thing we've got from the DLC is just being like, this is a game you've, played for over a hundred hours at this point and uh, here's a new area to go and explore. And we've never had that in Pokemon before. It's always been, hey, here's the third 
version or versions. Now restart the game and you'll get that little bit of content at the end, um, you know, with Ultra Sun and Moon. It's like you can replay the whole game again. There's a new bad team and uh, the rest of the content that's, that's interesting is, you know, towards or at the end, which, you know, I was getting to the point where I'm like, I don't want to replay the whole game again. To get that little bit of content. Yeah, to go through <laughs> the wormholes and battle Team Rainbow Rocket. I'm like, you know, I want, I want to do that, but I've literally got a copy I can just play it on now. Why can't I just buy that but, content for 20 bucks yeah. or 30 bucks or whatever and go with it? But now actually going in there like in-game straight away, getting the new content, absolutely fantastic. And just being able to explore the area is so much fun. I really enjoyed it, just the, the, the snowy um, aesthetic and everything. And uh, having a fossil Pokemon roaming. Yeah, that was, was that was really cool. I'm like, huh. These guys aren't extinct. It's like it was kind of like Jurassic Park in some way, where it's like this is this island, or well, not even island, it is joined to the Galar region, but it is just part of the Galar region where it's like, oh, well, this is where all these Pokemon are still living and breathing, still kicking it, yeah, yeah. So, what, what did you think about your time exploring the actual area itself? Yeah, yeah, no, it was pretty neat. Um, I again, I didn't really put like a heap of time into it. I, 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 I looked, <laughs> I looked, um. I looked for like all the Reggie Dens and stuff like that. And then I was like slowly picking up a little bit of tracks of the sword trio because yeah, you know, yeah. Need to, need to get them. But the problem is I want to shiny hunt them as well. And then, then there's a Keldeo at the end and I'm like tempted to go for the Keldeo. Oh, Keldeo is shiny locked, my friend. I don't know, but no, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> just the, get the Keldeo in general. I'm kind of like, mm. You're like, I don't care if it's shiny locked, I'll shiny hunt it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> um, and that, then I oh know there's a Victini in there somewhere. And actually, is that um, is that our version of hell? Jesus. Shiny hunting a shiny locked Pokemon. If if it's Max Lairs, you know what? Fine, throw <laughs> me in there. It's just like, just like um, restarting the game again and again. It's like, oh, it's, it's, never shiny. it's never shiny. It's never shiny. It's never going to be shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it is, it is nice to see all the little environments again, similar to how Isle of Armour sort of did it with, in probably more of a confined space. Um, I think the thing with the Isle of Armour was more seeing the fucking giant Waylord in the bay and mm. like all that stuff yeah, was see, the, really the, neat. I, I love the, um, Isle of Armour, just like the actual island itself as well. So yeah, it's neat. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it, it, this is, this is similar in every pretext. Um, but I feel like there's more law to every area. Then there is, you know, in the Isle of Armour, the Isle of Armour is kind of just like, here is a bunch of areas and here is a tower and here is another tower. It's like, cool. Excellent. It's like, what are these for? <laughs> Training one Pokemon. Excellent. <laughs> I'll be on my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is where it's kind of like, mm, yeah, and I feel like there could have been a bit more there. But in uh, the Crown Tundra, there is literally like, oh, here is a Max Den. It's like, it is a den that opened up that is like filled with di- with the Dynamax energy and like only sp- only specific Pokemon that are more resistant to it can go in there. And then, you know, they sort of explain that a little bit. And then you've got like the graveyard and like of the old town and all that stuff and the Reggie ruins and they've all sort of got stuff attached to them. You've got your three main quests and they all sort of have their own little bit of like mm. sort of pointing towards little things in the Crown Tundra. And it is it is much better and much more fleshed out. And like same goes for like the original wild area as well. Like that that place had like the potential to have a lot more to it and did not. So it, it is it is sort of a lot more refreshing. 
um, as a content pack. They they did say to us that this was going to be the meteor one, and I'm, I'm you know I'm glad they pointed it out because it did make me sort of go mm, hopefully the next one's better then because Isle of Armour took me four hours and I'm just like all right I'm done <laughs> yeah that's enough for me but this one I'm actually a lot more uh, determined to stick around with yeah and like the content in this obviously with the the max uh, layers it's it's just repeatable content whereas but uh, it's good content that's yeah, no, yeah absolutely like, yeah that's rewardable i'm just saying the isle of armor didn't it was just like a little bit of story yeah. um and it was very much set up for the competitive pokemon scene like adding moves adding items adding more pokemon that's what it was sort of designed for yeah whereas this is like here's repeatable content here's stuff to do here's uh, you know, legendaries that would take you a long time and mm-hmm. all that and um it's just what you were talking about before with like um sort of like the area itself. I think like once you're like you're like going into the Crown Tundra for the first time and you come to the first town which is Freezington, which is just like the dumbest name. <laughs> Freezington. It's like really? I like you could you could at least call it Freezeton or something. Freeze freezing town. Hmm. It's just yes. Freezeton. So okay. Freezington. <laughs> but I, I can see a Pokemon game where the wild area, like this is the way how you sort of control the camera and everything, that is the whole game. There is no like routes or I br- I brought up towns. this concept before this game even come out. You where did, it was, yeah. Where yeah. it's just like the the wild area was sort of more of just a big area in the center and you could sort of like, you know, travel off in different ways and go to different places and gyms like at any any like particular time. Mm. And then like they would scale to your level depending on where you wanted to go first and stuff like that. And I think like that, that concept could still very much exist. Yeah, absolutely. I remember saying in our... Um, review last year of Pokemon Sword and Shield where, you know, I didn't mind the routes and all of that, but, you know, a hundred and so hours later, I've never gone back to those routes. No, no. Type of thing. They're pointless. Whereas, whereas it's always been like the whole game is in the middle. It that is. is where the game is. Yeah. When you're actually like playing with friends or just doing raid battles or looking for Pokemon or whatever, that is where you spend the whole game and sort of without these DLC packs adding more of those areas. Spike Myth. God damn it, it just came to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm off. Like, sort of like... The, I, didn't, I didn't mean to get in the middle of you. <laughs> no, it's all right. The, the first, like, few regions, I can remember the town names, but, like, since then, it's just... it's It goes straight over my head. Yeah. Same with a lot of the new Pokemon as well. Like, in Gen... um, There's, like, a lot in Gen 5 and 6, so I'm like, I don't know. Even... uh, Especially 7 in sort of Sun and Moon. Like, I was trying to... Like, you know, Picky Peck... I cannot remember the names of like who that evolves into. The big two can. <coughs> two cannon. Two cannon. Okay. So yeah, I, I, could, I, was, I was looking at it in my Pokemon home the other day because I hadn't put a two cannon in there. I'm like, I can't remember your name, man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot it even existed. I'm like what a forgettable Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it'd be like r- so cool if uh, the next Pokemon games like that is how the game operates where it is sort of the 3d environments and because like a lot of time like you when in a pokemon game you you know you're going into a town because you're going through a gate or you're going through a loading zone like it's going to go black and it's going to load back up and you walk into the town but in this it's like kind of like oh here's a town and like you're like like god forbid in 2020 so the 3d game you're like oh here's a town you're looking around with the camera and going oh look there's a house here there's a store there like it's it's pretty simple stuff it's like in every video game ever it was in a game that came out like two years before it (laughs) 
Thanks, Breath of the Wild, for giving us a bit more of a limelight. Yeah, well, it is. I think um, because, like I said, my favourite thing in these games is just to explore and be like, there's a patch of grass. What's going to pop up? Like you see, like whatever pops up. That's pretty cool. But then you see like an explanation point. Like, oh, well, there might be something even rarer in there. So it then actually makes you go and have a look and see what pops up into an actual battle. Yeah. Yeah. So just really enjoy it. Um, it, I think it's absolutely fantastic content for Sword and Shield. And it gives me great hope. Maybe, maybe not necessarily for the games next year. Hopefully for next year. Hopefully they've sort of uh, learnt with um, the second team at Game Freak developing these wild areas. But especially going forward where they might be doing improvements to the engine and stuff in Generation uh, 9 in a couple of years or <laughs> whatever they decide to put it out. Um, I hope this is sort of the dire- direction they go with the Switch. I think my closing statement on this whole thing, I, I honestly think my closing statement on this whole thing is that... Um, I think there's been a there needs to be there needs to be a time to listen, and I think um, you know the the Crown Tundra has been an so far an absolutely fantastic ad- addition to a game that really could have just sat dead in the water, and the Crown Tundra adds more content for you to do PVE like at least twenty hours of additional additional content um, in layers alone. And yep. then, like, with the content of everything, that's if you want to catch all the legendaries and stuff, right? Uh, probably even more than that, because there's 38 of them. And if you want to go in the lairs and catch all 38 of them, then you've got, you know, about 20 minutes in between, whatever. You might get a couple of dud raids and get something else, and then you, you will. Know, you will get dud raids. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. Like, yeah. there is that content there. And then, you know, it does really give it a lot of endgame. And that is something that we've had a problem with Pokemon for a huge amount of time. And I feel like the way that they've gone with competitive and made everything a lot more accessible and the ability to get like a literal trash Pokemon that you've just held on to from the start of the game, you just love it so much, right? And just make it an absolute beast of a Pokemon and competitive battle ready. Like you have the ability to do that in Sword and Shield now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just... Just before we um, continue on with this, but uh, the ability patch, which we have actually brought up, yeah, where it costs a lot. It costs like two hundred of the what's the, what's the new currency called again through the raid battles? Dynite. Dynite. It costs two hundred of that, which is a lot. You yeah. get, you might get roughly eight or ten or fifteen, depending on what you catch and what you do in those battles. But it yeah it costs two hundred of that, so it still is very rare to get a um, Pokemon with a hidden ability. Mm. But you can change a Pokemon that you desperately want to have its hidden ability. For example, I got a, a shiny Incineroar, which does not have its um, hidden ability. And without Intimidate, which is its hidden ability, um, it's, it's useless and competitive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it really needs it. And so now I can like save up uh, through doing and this get it. Yeah. and get it. Yeah. So just a, a great addition. And that's what I've done to my uh, shiny Sylveon too. Mm. Um, but yeah, back to that you know raising literally anything from just absolute trash to you know absolute treasure means that you can take a pokemon that you've loved since the start of the game but you've gotten to the end of it and gone oh it's actually really bad but you can still actually put the time and effort into that pokemon still make it really good and i think like that's that's awesome um and i think with all these options um trudging back to the end game again um, with all these options, as good as max layers are and their potential to sort of just like have a constant repeatable content, which 
works for me. And I think that would work for a lot of people that do like the PVE, but time will tell and see. Um, but Battlefront here as well, now that we have all these competitive raising options again, well, for the first time, really, um, you can form teams a lot easier and something like the Battlefront here would be a lot more approachable. Uh, maybe not to the extremity of what original Battlefront here was, because as you know, because you went and got to like Brendan at the top of the Battle Pyramid, what? How many times? Like three times. Three times. It's like a hundred battles. I can't, like I can't remember, but yeah, uh, as a kid, it was it was like it was hard. It was, was grueling. Yeah, it was yeah. like a hundred battles, especially when you lose. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, but something like that, and I feel like with the options that we have now, it is far easier to be able to tackle that kind of content because in Emerald, like the reason nobody touched that content, if at all, is because everything about you know competitive Pokemon was brand new and nobody knew what the fuck. It was. Oh. Yeah, and it was hard enough to level up your Pokemon, let alone breed them and, and do everything else to them. Yeah. yeah, and like get them the right nature and all that stuff. And like having to know all that stuff in the first game when you're just a kid. Anyway, my point being is- I, I didn't know it back no, then. No, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> my point is, is something like that where now the knowledge is much more available and we have all these options would really thrive as, a, as an end game for people who like to play, you know, sort of more competitive style Pokemon. Mm. And then I think uh, Max Layers is a fantastic solution to PvE and game content with your friends. Um, screw the law about, you know, Dynamax being a Galar-only thing or what have you. You could have these Max Layers back every every iteration of Pokemon, put an extra twist to them, and they'd be the perfect PvE endgame. Mm. Uh, for you and your friends to tackle. And I think that's what Pokemon has needed and that's why Max Raids in general were exciting, but they fell flat because they're not as flushed out as maybe say what Max Dens were. And, well, Max uh, Raid... What do you... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah it's, it's getting... Ma- Max Layers. The terminology is getting a bit it's, it's much. Getting, it's getting it, a bit muddy. Yeah. Uh, Max Layers. Um, but Max Layers are like a fantastic way. And I, like I'm, I know I'm going to be communicating with people to do them because there is difficulty to them, which is something that I haven't said for Pokemon in a like a fair while. You know, there's a lot of strategy involved and I don't think I could say there's been strategy involved in Pokemon since like... Diamond and Pearl? Really? Like, even even my favourite games, Black to White, I would argue there's less strategy in them than there was in Diamond and Pearl. As, mm. as much as I love those games, and they're probably my favourite in the series, you know, I, I do feel like um, the game does make you sort of try to think more in these, ma- in these uh, max layers more than anything else. So, you know, like, screw, screw the whole... Galar's the only place Dynamax can happen. Just bring it back. Bring it back the next... You know, however many iterations of Pokemon puts different spins on it, do whatever it is, um, and bring back a Battle Frontier now that we have all these options. Yeah, because, like, you know, you the competitive thing to do in the games at the moment is go online and enter, we- enter tourneys or doing battles, Yeah, which is great, but it would be great also to have the option in the game to have something to you know, work towards afterwards. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, that's the thing is just thinking back to Emerald... Like the frontier brains, most yeah. of us that played Emerald and played that remember the frontier brains. Even if we got nowhere near to even finishing the goddamn frontier, yeah, I got nowhere near either. But I, I beat the battle factory, the battle pike. I got to like the last battle a few times in the battle pyramid, which was a nightmare. 
And the Reggie's just like fromped my team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you remember the you remember the frontier brains. Yeah. Like you know, and that's the thing, is it's it's the same it's the same scenario as just you know I, I just feel like all with all this all this that's available to us now with the online being more fluent and sort of stuff like that. And I feel like these layers work better than Max Raids, by the way. I don't it's know. Very, it's it, a lot quicker. It's it's a lot quicker. Mm. It just gets in on gets in on the job and whatever. The communication's not great, but you can solve that yourself, right? Like Discord or whatever. Communication's not great. There is none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well no, there is. Like you can you can like you, you you're coming up to a Pokemon, for example, and everybody gets a choice of whether they want to take that Pokemon and then it comes down to a random pick between the people that need it. So you can sort of communicate with your team just then. And it's just like somebody puts their hand up first, and like, right, like, right, I really need it. Like, I'm I'm struggling here. And then people can sort of go, ah, that guy was pretty quick to press the button. So maybe I should just leave it. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then just let them take it. I've done that. I've done that. I've yeah. gone like, okay, I think I can still continue with this Pokemon. I'll just keep going, you know. Um, but for things like Zygarde, I'm going to need more people. <laughs> I'm going to take more people. That thing wrecks my friggin' shit. Mm. <laughs> So I feel like um, with this DLC and all of the updates since the game's release, uh, you know, it's come a long way since, you know, E3 2019 where we first got the news, which, uh, you know, we were really disappointed at the time when we heard that the Pokemon weren't coming back. And that came off the back of having gripes with the Pokemon series as it was. We weren't all that happy with Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon, how those versions were handled the next year. Um, X and Y, you know, that's 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 on record now for you know just being rushed out to out to market, and um, when we saw saw the news about the Pokemon, I was kind of like, well, this it's not getting any better, and I, th- I feel like you know with with the initial release of um, Sword and Shield, I think just like the um, the vibe the game gave gave off with its uh, region everything, I feel like we sort of were able to um, push some of those. Uh, things aside, just because the game was fun to play for its gameplay, as Pokemon, you know, always is, and it's a nice cast of characters, and it's you know really pretty region, and sort of the way the wild area was um, sort of pushing the series going. But you know, it it the game definitely had problems just with its presentation and lack of polish, um, due from the fact you know they've only got probably you know four years to develop these games, so. They're under sort of the the pressure to get it out on time. There is no delay for the Pokemon franchise. There's too much riding on these games. That's right. Um, and, and those problems are still there, but just with the DLC and what it's added to the games, um, you know, I'm really happy with how Pokemon Sword and Shield have turned out. And just with like the Pokemon being added back into the game, we don't have all the Pokemon yet. There's still a, a good handful of Pokemon still not in it. But you know what? I'm not against the initial release not having all the Pokemon there, just being contained to the region. And if they want to offer DLC packs, being like, you know, you can go to this and that is where... As long as those Pokemon remain free to everyone. Uh, yes, which they which they are free yeah. updates for yeah. um, everyone else as well. That's but, right, yeah. But for example, like, you know, the fossil Pokemon aren't in the initial release of Sword and Shield. It's like, okay, you know, that's that's not a big deal. But then you go to the Crown Tundra and oh, look, they're, they're native to this area. And I, I actually, it is kind of fun having like access to new Pokemon and unlocking new strategies and things in the in the metagame for competitive play in that. So, you know what? It's actually it's actually turned into not such a bad thing. But we'll see where it goes. So how they handle it in the future. Um, I probably would like to see them 
like eventually add all the Pokemon to each game as it goes on. Mm. But putting them out piecemeal isn't necessarily a bad thing either. I will I will agree to pretty much everything you just said, but at the same time, I do feel like uh, now that they have that first game out on Switch, I do feel like they need to get their shit together and it needs to be as polished mm. as it should be on day one. And then, um, you know, that's, yeah, that's something that has to happen. Unfortunately, like, as, as much as I'm happy with the game now that it's been updated over the last year and a half or whatever it's been out, um, mm. which is good. You know, that, that that's all... Uh, well, not even a year, actually. Came out November last year. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. But still, my point um, my point remains in, like, uh, when the game first came out, it was not in the greatest state. It was, it was definitely fun. It uh, mm. definitely had its charm, and there was definitely some cool, cool ways to keep me playing, like uh, whether it was just more competitive breeding with more tools and stuff like that. And it was good. Um, and it definitely kept me playing for 120 hours. Uh, but there was a huge lack of polish and some very, very obvious glaring issues and missing things that really should not have been a massive problem with um, with the initial release that had. Draw distance is obviously a huge one and it's still sort of like a current problem. Yeah, um, just like pop-in. And the pop-in, yep. yeah, it's, it, it's, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Like this game, the, these Pokemon games, they could be absolutely huge and much better. And, you know, um, I had to sort of point it, point it back, but, you know, every time I think about huge open world experiences with, you know, plenty of things to do, I always look back at Breath of the Wild and I go, this game can run on this console. I am more than 100% sure you can do this with a different series and have it run pretty much the same. And Pokemon is definitely in that ballpark. Uh, I do feel like max raids and the wild area and all that stuff is all fantastic concepts that can work very well. Um, but it does it does need a bit of a tune and it needs to, you know, operate in a similar fashion if something else, you know, like that can run on that. And whether that requires more manpower or whether it just requires more time, um, I think, yeah, needs to be done. Yeah, because there are some parts of the game, like mainly like the Pokemon models and the character models, where you're in a cutscene or so, like the cutscenes that I've been watching in the Crown Tundra, like it looks like gorgeous, just but being like the environment around it just isn't up to quality with the actual um, character uh, models. That's right. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, it's got a wonderful art style, like Game Freak, there's just like just masters at sort of their art style, but it's just. Uh, it doesn't come together like in all the environments and everything else going around it. Yeah. Which you, you can see just, yeah, I think it just needs more time. But um, I think we've just got to maybe come to terms of what, how Pokemon is made and, uh, you know, the factory of it sort of pumps it out and the pressure that Game Freak's under. We're not necessarily going to get that. Um, yeah, but that that's, uh, I don't know, that's more of an testament to work, work conditions for me. I, I Like, you know, they're always going on record like, oh, they like to keep the team a certain size so that, like, information gets portrayed clearly. But there's, multi, like, there's, you know, AAA titles and even, you know, third-party titles that just absolutely knock shit out of the ballpark when creating a big world and, like, making it look absolutely gorgeous and you know, stuff like that. There's no reason a Pokemon game couldn't be that. And just sort of, you know, thinking that things are all going to fall apart as soon as you add like maybe 10 more people to a team or 20 more people to to a team is ridiculous. Like there's no, 
you know, one, once once somebody said something in a company and that's become the law law of what this what the next next game is going to be or whatever. Having ten extra members or twenty extra members to put a bit more extra oomph in your game and sort of make it work out is not going to make that much of a difference, and it's going to make people a hell of a lot more happy. You know, it might it might mean you might need to yell a bit louder to get to those people. But <laughs> hey, Frank, Frank, <laughs> turn on your phone. I'm trying to send you assets. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it might take that, but. At the end of the day, you're going to get a better product out of it with a hell of a lot less complaints that came out about this game before it even came out, you know, and that's, you know, something that the developers really struggled with sort of emotionally, as we know. Um, yeah, absolutely. It would. How they were like, oh, this is so draining. It's like we put our, all our hard effort into this. It's like, well, maybe it's not the quality of like what people are putting into it. They're probably working their hands to the bone and like they probably just need more manpower to assist the development of these games and not absolutely run this team ragged. And I think like that is my biggest concern. Yeah. 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 It's going to be, it's going to be interesting next year. Like it's going to be Pokemon's 25th anniversary. Zelda's 30th. Yeah. And Zelda's 30th. And it's, it's or 35th. Is it 35th? Yeah. 35th. Okay. Yeah. It's only a year after Mario. Mm-hmm. So it's got, it's, there's, there's a lot of variables next year for Pokemon. So we, if we just go by trends, we, we are sort of expecting a, a remake. Um, if not a, just a, you know another mainline Pokemon game in itself. But just with, so, you know, coronavirus and how that's affected Japanese game development, you know, that's been huge. Pokemon's already on a tight time schedule as it is, so who knows how that's going to affect the game. It might still come out and it just might not be at the snuff because they haven't been able to put the manpower into it. Maybe it will be delayed or maybe, you know, since they've moved um, Game Freak's uh, team into the actual Nintendo building, maybe it's given them better resources and I really better. Hope it is. Yeah, so that that's my hope that they have improved resources and improved accessibility to other developers and other talent at Nintendo. That's right. So um, whether they're there actually developing the games um, at the moment because of coronavirus, I actually don't know. Obviously, I don't know. I've got no idea. I think they're back but- to office work under you know, social distancing requirements and all that stuff. Yeah, it could be. I think they are um, because most development studios I follow, I'm pretty sure are, are at that level now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So hopefully, yes. Hopefully it is sort of back to that and yeah, it's it sort of works out better for them. Yeah. So it's been a huge, uh, a huge ride with this Pokemon game. Last year, it actually drained me. There, there was points where I was so sad so drained just because of all the negativity and you know just the the personal feelings i had towards the games um you know it was it was a it made the it made the year so draining and when we finally got the games it was like you know that, that we had fun <laughs> thank god take a breathe take a breather the game was fun all right yeah. um and throughout the year like you know i've been still enjoying it and then the dlc gets added to it and i think uh, content creators and competitive competitive battles battlers are relatively happy with the game yeah. A lot of there's a lot of stuff we uh, have our fingers crossed for in the next titles to be improved, improved upon. But I'm happy with how it turned out, and in the end, um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't awful. <laughs> yeah, and that's what matters. Yeah, that's what matters. So, Bryce, anything else you'd like to discuss before we turn off the mics? No, nah, I think that's it. You reckon that's it? I think I got my piece out. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be continuing to play Pokemon and it's going to be fun. Hopefully, I'm going to be looking for a shiny Latias. Uh, 
it's been the shiny Pokemon I've always wanted my whole life. And I've never, I've never got one. I've got a shiny Latios. And actually, speaking of the ability patch, I can move my Latios, which has an adamant nature, which is the worst nature it could possibly have. I can move it into Sword and Shield, and I can change it to Modest. It's going to be delicious. You mean with the uh, mint? With the mint. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking abilities, but yeah. no. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. Everybody's thinking about the ability patch. I've almost got enough to buy two. So, <laughs> I bought one. So, yeah, I got that. And then I've almost got enough to buy a second. Yeah. That's a lot of max lists. That's a lot of them. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 165. If you'd like to follow us on the Bluebird website of social medias, you can follow follow me at iDruby. You can follow the show at the House of Mario. And you can follow big old Bryce DeWitt at IVRevan. If you'd like to join our Discord community, you can... Click on the link in the show notes and that will take you straight to our Discord community where we keep you up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. Obviously, catch up with the community we've built there. Uh, A lot of fun, a lot of good times. Shout out to everyone there. Really appreciate seeing you every day in there. Really cool. And I'd like to... Thank you. Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) Let's not talk about that, man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I've been really bad at doing this, Bryce. Um... I kept, I've been forgetting the last few shows. We just sort of sat down, all right, blah, 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 and get our stuff out, put it up. But I've made sure I'll remember this week that I want to thank our Patreon producers, which I've been forgetting for the last probably month. Very sorry, guys. Very bad on my behalf. But I'd like to thank Luke, Sam Hay. And who was the third one? I just. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of forgetting, uh, Luke, Sam Hay. It's on top of your tongue. It is on top. I can't actually look it up on Patreon. I was trying to do it like before. Now I feel really bad. I've just made it even worse. Look, mate, I'm sure I'm sure to some degree they understand. We've been busy, busy blokes, right? And getting together and do the show has been very difficult for the both of us. And they are aware of that. We've let them know every week that times are tough. They are tough, aren't they, bros? Very busy. <laughs> very busy. Yeah. It's hard to get in the same room, you know? Yeah. All right. I'm really sorry if I forgot the third person. I feel really bad now. I might have to edit in after. <laughs> You're going to shoot yourself in the foot later and so on. Yeah, so the, the thing is, like, once people listen to this, I'm like, like, oh, well, the third person was this. I'm like, See, yeah, I know. You I can't know. you can't blame me because <laughs> you're the one with the Patreon. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't, I can't bring it up, so I can't even look. No. No. So, everybody, this week's Nintendo jukebox is the battle theme for the new legendary horses. I think it was like the... No. We didn't talk about the music, but the music is fantastic. And no, yeah. yeah. A plus. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just like in Sword and Shield in general. It's just really, really, really good. Yeah. Don't. Really good. So good. So, guys, until next week, the doors, the house of Mario are closed. Catch you later. Bye-bye.
know that I know the Patreon producer. Well, I forgot it's DJ. I'm so sorry, DJ. If you're still listening and you haven't um gone and threw the podcast in the bin and uh, cancelled your subscription on Patreon, really sorry, mate. <laughs> really sorry. I haven't looked at Patreon for a, a little bit. Thank you, man. Thank you very much for your support. <laughs> he loves you. I do.